minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3 0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Hey everybody, this is Martins, the host of the show, and I'm listening to the Never Walk Alone podcast. The show made for all Liverpool fans to discuss the in depth analysis of every game, the results, fixtures, injuries, transfers, and so on. We like to know what fellow fans have to say about our games. Listen to this podcast and stay with us. Welcome back, you guys, to the You Never Walk Alone podcast. And Martins isn't here, but don't be worried. I'm here to take over. And this is probably going to be the best episode you've ever listened to. So, yeah, <laughs> let's get let's get started. I'm with my lovely guests, Lamy and Kelvin. So, um, let's get to the nitty-gritties. And let's start with the transfer business. And... I, can, I don't remember the dates, but basically the weekend before the Premier League started, David Ornstein dropped the bomb that Liverpool have had a bid accepted by Brighton of £111 million for Moise Kaisaido. And um, we all got excited for about five hours. Then um, you all know what happened and he ended up at Chelsea. And also our second target, Lavia, also ended up at Chelsea which left Liverpool with Endo. But before we talk about Endo, I want to know you guys' opinion on what's happened with our transfer feelings um, before the season started. And I'll start with you, Kelvin. So what do you think? I think it was a mistake from the club. I think we handled that situation very poorly. Um, we already showed interest in... We were already making bids for Lavia. Then we decided to switch lanes. And fair enough, Caicedo is a better player than Lavia is, and he fits the profile more than Lavia. But still, we already made plans to sign Lavia. Then we switched off and went to Caicedo, someone that Chelsea were already in talks with. I think they had already agreed personal terms, but it was just negotiations with the club that was stalling. So we went for Caicedo, and the brother is a Chelsea fan. He has been a Chelsea fan for as long as he has been into football, I guess. So that was not going to go well for us. And Lavia, Caicedo, yes. I don't know about that. <laughs> that was everybody saying. Apparently, he was a Chelsea. He has been a Chelsea fan since. So no, Allah he was a okay. Chelsea fan. Fine. Now Lavia feels betrayed in a in a sense because we were in talks with him. Then we tried to switch. And when we were going for Caicedo, it was not like we were going for the two of them. We completely abandoned the idea of signing Lavia anymore. We just went fully on Kaiseido. So we lost those two players, fair enough. I wasn't even going to be happy signing Lav- um, signing Kaiseido for 150 million. I think that's too much for someone that had one good season in the Premier League. Was that or, the only reason? Is that the only yes, reason? Yes, I don't Liverpool has never been the club to overpay for a player on that kind of scale. That is something that Chelsea or Manchester United do consistently. Even if yes, we've signed we've signed Van Dyke for 75 million when we signed him. But looking at the signing, in hindsight, it was well worth what we paid for. We just don't... After that, Manchester United signed Maguire for 85. point I'm trying to make is that we just don't sign players for those high values, especially when they haven't proven that they are worth the amount we're signing them for. Okay. So I think I said it would be a very good signing for Chelsea, but I don't think it was worth that amount. Okay. Um, let, me, let me go to you. Yeah. What do you think is more frustrating about Liverpool? The fact that we had enough money to sign Lavia and we didn't, or the fact that we just missed out on both transfers. 
needlessly. So Lamy, that, that question is for you. Okay, you see, thank you very much. From my own perspective, I think Lavia was not, never really the priority signing. Like it was never the number one signing. It was not never the preferred choice. It was always, it's always been kind of said, well, that's actually what I think. I think it was a case of us trying to be smart with like with our business. We're kind of monitoring the Caicedo uh, situation with Chelsea, then putting our putting it to the media, or probably telling the media that we are in for Lavia. So the Chelsea side won't see us coming for Caicedo. Honestly, mm. we've become very poorly in this transfer window. Because we, we were promised a lot. Like, see, I'm not taking this out on a single person. It's always going to be FSD club. You can't just single out one person. Prior to the beginning of this and the end of the season, the club told us all the signing, they will make sure they come in before the preseason. And then from there, it's all just been poor. The business, this transfer window has just been poor. Mr. Kaisedu, like I said, I, did, I really, for me, I don't think Lavia was really the preferred choice. It's always been Kaisedu. And if you check out with no business, this transfer window, it's been the case of us trying to meet the release clause. I didn't know it's been the, that's been the case for us. Then we it's it swept in our tour when and was it Brighton said, okay, there's a deadline. They gave deadline to these two clubs. But I think the news the news just broke out very fast. Like nobody saw that news coming. Like the deadline and Liverpool in for I said nobody saw it coming. But I think we always knew Brighton were always going to bring up a deadline. That's how, if you check it, that's basically how we've done business, the transfer window. Same with Yugoslavia, we had to meet the release clause because after the next, I think the next day, it would have the, there wouldn't have been a release clause again, mm-hmm. if I'm very sure. Same thing with Macalista, we had to meet their probably a, a particular asking price. So I think that was what we were planning to do with Kaisedo. We always mm-hmm. knew Brighton we were going to bring up a deadline. Then we said, we we're always thinking, Okay, once they bring this deadline, let's just go in and try as much as possible to add beat Chelsea. That was what I think that was the business we were planning to do. But I don't know if it's a mistake on the sporting director, sport director or the coach. We never spoke to Kaiseido before going to Brighton, which I think is a very amateur way of doing business. Like that's never that's never been the Liverpool way. Missing out on Kaisedo is a very big deal, like the very big miss for me. I personally think because if you check out we've done business in the past, when we needed a goalkeeper, we went straight in for Allison. Like we knew this, uh, the problem in this team was a good a goalkeeper. We went for Allison, paid the money, and got our man. And what happened? There was improvement, overall improvement in the team. Same thing happened with Van Dyke. I think that was what we were trying to do with Kaisedo because we all knew we needed a number six, we needed a DM. It needed a very strong man in front of the center backs. But just I, for me, I think we've really formed business. This we've done business like not to throw and not to be disrespectful towards other things, but we've done business like a championship side. That's how we've done business this transfer window. It's mm-hmm. been very, very, very poor. That's just it. Thank you. Okay. Um yeah, I agree with you. I don't like the way we handled our business, to be honest. We waited, we've been waiting to the last minute, and you know, we've not really been aggressive going after our targets, especially now that we know that we do have the funds available. The critique of FSG is that they don't make funds available to sign players, but I kind of feel like the um that sentiment should be targeted towards you know the director of football now and maybe Jurgen Club 
because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we 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 have seen that FSD FSG can sanction these transfer fees to help us improve the team, but we keep on looking for the right player. And I understand that we do need the right player. I remember when we waited for Van Dijk till January, when we waited for um, Kunate in the summer of 2022 or 2021. So I do believe that we should find the right player and not just, you know, be too, um, you know, just, just spend money anyhow. I feel like that's what messed up with Manchester United. They just splash the money on the kind of any player that is available or Chelsea. Actually. I feel like they just splash money on any player available without doing that proper homework. But um, yeah, yeah I think this transfer window and the one before can't FSG cannot be held responsible or can't be um blamed for the lack of transfer activity. Yeah, because even after that transfer window last year, Klopp said he was wrong. We needed to sign. Midfielders, we didn't yeah. sign because it was holding on to Henderson, Chamberlain, Keita, Milner, and the rest. And after that, he said he was going to sign someone, ended up getting auto on loan. Then we didn't sign any other midfielder again. And now it is clear that FSG will bring the money out to sign a player. We're willing to spend 115 million or was it 113 million for Kaiseido. So the money is there. It's just to the discretion of the coach and the sporting director if they are willing to spend or not. Yeah. And I feel like that's what happened with the same thing that Lamia explained for how we did our deals for McAllister and Superslide. I feel like that's what happened with Gakpo as well. He said he wanted to leave in January after the World Cup. And we spoke to PSG, we made the release clause, signed him. Like we do, we are very, um, you know, proactive when we know a player wants to join us. But um, yeah. I feel like in those two deals, we really messed up, especially in a position that we badly needed improvements. But um, we went to the into that Chelsea game with McAllister playing the number six position, and Soboslai and Gakpo playing alongside him. And in my opinion, we had a very good 13 minutes, but we lost control of the game due to yeah. um, our lack of a spine to help protect the back the back three. Even though I feel like Chelsea's goal was not really like a goal where they cut us open. Was the second ball, second ball, Soboslai didn't clear the ball well and he just sent it back in and, you know, he scored. I don't think it was a goal that really cut us up, cut us open because I feel like Van Dijk and Konati handled things well. And then very, very well. he also could have won and has missed that chance. Salah hit the bar and everything. But in general, I was happy with the, with the results, not like, like excited or anything. But I saw some, I saw like positive signs. But what about you guys? How what is your general view of the Chelsea game? I'll start with you, Kelvin. Okay, um, that game was a mixed bag because at the end of the game, I was disappointed with the results. But like you said, there were positive signs with the way we were playing. Our defense was, in my opinion, very solid. Van Dijk and Konate did what they had to do. Um, I think. We lost control of the game because we don't have that six. We don't have that ball winner. We don't have that disruptor in the midfield. So playing McAllister there, he's a very good player and I think he's very versatile and he's able to play there. But for a game like that, we needed someone. Chelsea didn't have a six as well. They didn't have a ball winner as well. But Konagalaga played that role perfectly, in my opinion. He Thank was there much. causing havoc. He played very well. He was causing, it was a nuisance. He made a nuisance for himself. He stressed Salah out. 
he had a very good game. And he just did the work of the six. He would win the ball back, lay it off to someone that is good at passing, like Enzo. So I think that's how we lost the game. I've been lost control of the game because we didn't have that six. So those are the positive signs I saw. Our defense and our attack, we are still on it, but we need that six. I am worried this transfer window because I'm hearing rumors. I'm not sure it's true. I've been on Twitter for a while and I've been hearing rumors that Endo is our only signing as a DM. That club says he doesn't think that we need to sign any other DM. I don't know if that's true or not. I hope it's not. Well, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Lamy, what about you? What do you think about the Chelsea game? Okay, see for the for the Chelsea game, honestly, I think when you compare the performance to past seasons, I think it was really a very entertaining match. Because Liverpool Chelsea fixture is always it has been a very boring game when you compare it to the past three two matches. But like you said earlier, we had the control where we like we're in total control of the game up until like 20, 25 minutes. Whatever happened after that. Time shade, I don't know what like it was just so poor. I think we there was a we got a goal that was disqualified for offside. After the goal like this, I know probably we felt too relaxed that okay, I think we are in control of this game. The fact that we were able to get the second goal goal, luckily it was just uh, just cancelled because it was an offside. We kind of felt relaxed and allowed Chelsea to get the ball. And one thing one thing I've noticed is I think we are always in in hurry. I don't, we're always in order to press. In, in turn, we tend to lose the ball. And once we lose, lose the ball, the midfield is just opened. Like, it's just opened. There's no, like, there's no destroy. There's no, like, you don't have the man in front of the centre-back to, to just make tackles, make interceptions for us. The, and the, probably we'll get to it, but the, uh, this strength, this formation of strength is at an... Uh, Vatel fullback, I really don't buy it. Because if you notice, immediately Chelsea scored the equalizer. Trent went back to being a right back. I don't know, probably it's one of the game tactics that probably when we are leveled up, we are losing, we go back to the 4-3-3 formation. But it was a game whereby we just kind of lost concentration and we allowed Chelsea to have the ball. We are always in a hurry, like, and we don't really have players that could hold on to the ball. Before you know it, two, three passes, we've lost the ball already. And we'll be, that Daddy, game, I think that game reminded me of the Spurs game last season. That's what that game reminded me of. Yeah, it started very well and lost the game. Come back. So I don't know, but and Daddy, I think we actually made some Chelsea, some Saturday Chelsea player. Like we made them look like they were world class or they were world beaters. Like not to stand, not to be disrespectful, but you could imagine Karaga on making those tackles, making those interceptions. Kudos to Chelsea also. I think they 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 played well. But on our own part, I think when you, if as a Liverpool fan, you watch the first 20 minutes, you will have thought, okay, this is going to be a very easy win for us. But then things changed. We were expecting the better second half. It become worse in the second half. But overall, I think this, it's more like a point one for us, like a point gained. Yeah. Whereby for Chelsea, they, I think they actually lost two, um, two points for Chelsea because you would have expected them to win that game. First game yeah. of the season away at Stamford Bridge. Honestly, yeah. I think the one point is is is, is a good point for us to have gotten. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Like you ended it very well. Like I feel like we didn't come into the Chelsea game with the proper game plan. I don't think having so many attackers was right, especially away from him on the first day. 
you would always be um, lacking behind. But we did bounce back against Bournemouth. We had that shaky start in the beginning. I don't know what the hell was going on. But I loved the way the team responded. Because immediately we conceded. It wasn't like, you know, they were panicking. And I'm sure the average fan would have been like, oh, here we go again. We haven't made any improvements from last season. But this reminded me of Liverpool, prime Liverpool. How we conceded and we just know Liverpool are still going to win this match. They were so calm in possession. They were moving the ball and attacking with waves. And Luis Diaz was absolutely brilliant in that game. And then, in my opinion, was man of the match. He stole the show. He was absolutely incredible. And I want to see more from, from him. He has had two goals in two games so far. And him missing a bunch of last season contributed to our down to our you know poor form. And um yeah, he had a brilliant game. But Lamy, I'll start with you first this time. What was your opinion of the Bournemouth game and how do you see how how do you see um us moving forward on this? I mean, just like you said, okay, just like you said, I think we responded well to going to go down. And honestly, I don't really know what was the reason behind that uh, like this the slow start in that Bournemouth game. But thanks thankfully we responded well. We, I think they scored a goal, it was disqualified before you know it a few minutes later. They actually scored they scored another goal, which I I I don't really know. I think it was just lack of concentration. It's as if we were not re- really prepared. Allison was just I don't know what he was doing in that game. The EZ was not in the game but thankfully Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but someone said that Alison was thinking about Fabinho's Rolex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I got. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. You can, you can never read that out. Probably he said it somewhere. Because you could have... Imagine what he was thinking in that game. But thankfully, we were able to bounce back. I think that was more of a Liverpool of 2019-2020. That even if you were a go-down or two goes down, you were, you were always that confident. That okay, no matter what, we're always going to do make a comeback. And we actually did in that game. Brilliant goal from a very good goal from Luis Diaz. Like I said, I it was definitely a man of the match, also. It was very brilliant. Overall play was was very good and it was very, very well taken goal. And it was a game where we created a lot, like a lot of chances. We could have easily scored five, six on that day. Salah was so unlucky in that game, also. I think we played really well. We played really well and we handled the pressure, the earlier pressure very well. Mm-hmm. So the game where I, I think it's going to be a catalyst for us going forward in this season. Like we played the way in front of the cup for the first time this season. It was a, it was a really it was a good performance. Like and I think there were cases in like some certain things happened. Like I think like the McAllister red card. Mm-hmm. God knows whatever is wrong with the English officiating. <laughs> the fact that there was a man. I was able to see a replay at the VAR. That's what any like. I really don't know what is the reason behind his thinking. You you were able to see a replay and thought, okay, that red card was the right, was the correct call. That's very shambolic from the very poor officiating, both the yeah. on-field referee and the VAR. But thankfully, the the red card has been signed it. So I think it was a, it was a great game, even from us going a man down. Bro, we handled that game very well. Bro, I we almost played better of... when we were man down. So it was like, yeah, so that was incredible. The way he was. I think I don't know. Probably uh, Klopp was making a joke of how he, he forgot to train in during preseason for a case of when we are a man down. I don't know. Probably it was a joke from Klopp, definitely. 
I wouldn't <laughs> think you would have forgotten that. But honestly, we did very well. It was even after we went to go down that we got our third goal. Yeah. A very good goal also. I think that was, it was a very good performance, honestly. The only downside to that match is Alisson not keeping a clean sheet. Honestly, I would have expected a game where it would count as a clean sheet, especially when you consider the scoreline from last season against that same team. Well, we did yeah. Anyway, it was a good okay. performance. Kevin, okay, okay. what about you? What do you think about our performance in that game? And um, who was your standard performer in the game as well? I'm just disappointed our resident Luis Diaz hitter is not here. Martin. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's why he's not here. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just has to run away. That was a wonderful performance from Diaz. My standard performers were in the three positions on the pitch. In midfield, it was Sobosly, and in defense, it was Van Dyke. I think Van Dyke had a wonderful game. I think Van Dyke is back, actually. The, the game against Chelsea and the game against Bomo, those were he like there were times that he was really, really tested and he came out on top. I think if this was last season, we would have ended up drawing this game or losing one nil. But it just goes to show you where the progress we're making this season and how the mentality is changing in the club compared to what we were doing last season. Going one nil down so early in the game it was just like ah here we go again this is exactly how we used to go last season we were conceding first and we probably won't win this game we'll probably get a draw because it's Anfield we'll probably get a draw but the performance just everybody just switched on and that was lovely to see so yeah those are my standard performers for the game Van Dyke, so it's like ah Louis Diaz yeah and I love what you said of how um, you know last season would have fallen short because Klopp always said the way we react when we're not doing well Will help us in the future, and I feel like what we went through last season was what helped us in that future because they were so calm and so poised, you know. Yeah. And stuck, stuck to the game plan, and they were brilliant. Um, let me before you go, I want to point out something. A player that has been getting a lot of criticism, I feel like very undeserved, is Andy Robertson. Andy Robertson was absolutely fantastic the other day as well. I don't know when. Yeah, I don't know when it started or how it started, but people started questioning Robertson's, you know, his crossing, his final balls, his um, movements in the final play, and his defending. And I feel like most Liverpool players, most Liverpool fans will agree that last season wasn't the best years. Alisson made some mistakes, Van Dijk made some mistakes, Salah had some poor form, missed some crucial penalties. Nobody was perfect, but it seems like everybody just seems like just lose faith in Andrew Robertson, who has been, in my opinion, the best left back in the world for the past four or five years. And then um, I think the reason for that is because most Liverpool fans have a player that they will ride or die for. A lot of and Liverpool fans are fans. A lot of yeah, Liverpool and, fans and are and nobody, fans. nobody rides. And a lot of Van Dyke fans, but very few. I have we all rate Robertson, yeah. But I've not seen a ride or die Robertson fan before in this space. So when everybody is doing rubbish, it's easy to point to Robertson and make him the scapegoat because nobody's really... I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. And, yeah, and yeah. I feel like as a football purist and a big Liverpool fan, I feel like I should call it out and say how amazing he has been. And I anybody who is listening to this who is a Liverpool fan should actually give this guy some respect. He's the all-time leading assist leader for defenders in the Premier League. He has been, yeah, 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 doesn't yeah. get injured ever present for us for the past five years and has given us his all and I feel like he's going to get back to his best and I want to see more of that from Robertson because 
the people that they were complaining to Luke Shaw, that fucking bum. Bro, I beg, I don't even want to go into it. But let's not let's not just let's leave the crowd of this. Let's just leave the crowd of this. <laughs> Robertson, Robertson is incredible and then um, he he'll get back to his best and you know he'll keep he'll continue this one. Dominic Sobos like left the cup and pouring by the end of the game. Bro, there was a time in that match here. Yeah, I think this was when we had the red card and we're trying to manage the game. Soboslai was just standing in one position. I was just doing one-twos with Elias. And it was so elegant. Like, it was so beautiful. Henderson can never... <laughs> <laughs> Don't go there. Don't disrespect oh, that. <laughs> no, 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 no. But real talk, yeah, that was absolutely beautiful. Jesus Christ. Random like, Henderson slander is very random. No, no, that's not slander. That, that's not slander. Okay, Henderson, I'm sorry. Wanandam can never... <laughs> Matthews won't like that. No, Matthews won't like that at all. Matthews, don't remove this part. So, but for real, the Superstar was incredible. And on social media and everywhere, he had Liverpool fans amazed by how good he is. So, um, Lamy, I'll, I'll go with you first. Sorry, Kevin, okay. Lamy, I'll go with you first. What do you think um, Superstar's potential is and how important do you think it would be to our new look midfield? Uh, honestly, I think. We we I don't know if I would say the, we got the best bargain of the transfer window. We signed him for sixty million pounds. A twenty-two year old. He has that that boy is is an engine. Like in, the, in that game, I think there was a the time Klopp was saying he, was, he himself said that he was just like the energy was still there even after and the fact that we were playing with them. Them like we always wanted to run a very good player. Honestly, very technical. A very good pass pass out of the ball. A very good shooter, like the brain, the football brain is just there. Especially, especially when you consider the fact that we went the the I don't want to say that the upgrade or the player we upgraded from, but I think <laughs> we just <laughs> like I think we we got a gem, a twenty-two year old for sixty million pounds. He has he has years ahead of him, like years to develop, and that's one thing he still has that room for development. He still has the room to develop, like develop his play, everything about him. And you can always see the commitment in him. I think that's one very thing I, that is very a very good attribute of club players. The commitment is always there. They always want mm-hmm. to do more. They mm-hmm. don't relax on their already. Like, okay, I know I've had a good performance, but the game is not over. Let's continue pushing. I think we got a gem. Some people were saying probably it's going to be. I don't want to make comparison with any of our rival players. But I think he has the potential that someday it is coming. It will probably be the best midfielder in the Premier League if things go right with him. Very good player. The fitness level is top notch. Like the fitness, you can bro. Even, he you plays better at the end of the game against Chelsea as well. At the end of the game, he was incredible. So that's it. There was an extra tank somewhere. Like the energy, yeah. the energy was just was just there. It's a very good. I think we got. We did. We found. Oil with him, <laughs> yeah. I swear, struggle. I tell you <laughs> because and like, like staying on your point, yeah. The football mind, the technical ability, and the football brain is just amazing. Because I feel like, like you said, at the end of the game against Chelsea and against Bournemouth, he is like, I don't know where that energy came from. He was so was running past players and just doing some amazing things, and it's just beautiful to see. And um, that determination as well to always improve. That um, 
you know, football mind to know when to shoot and when not to shoot. There are some times that yeah. this guy would just take a, a shot and he just pass it to Jota or pass it to Salah or pass it to Gakpo. And I think against Chelsea as well, there was a time we had to volley it and he just passed Nunes. I think that was the wrong decision. He should have gone for goal. But that's to show that he can he likes to mix things up and keep the opponents guessing. And that would be a fantastic weapon to have for the next uh, for, for the rest of, rest of the season. But okay. Kevin, I'll go with you now. What what do you think of the next level style? And what do you see in his potential? Okay, I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I hope this is a safe space. I won't be judged too harshly. Okay. But at the beginning of the season, when we were playing preseason as well, Sobox Live did not move me. We always talk about how Klopp's best is the one that has that midfield engine, that engine room, we call it, in the midfield, where you have players that are willing to run anywhere and everywhere on that pitch to get the ball back. And when they're with the ball, to progress the ball as well. Seeing what Sobox Live has done in that Bournemouth game, and having seen McAllister play over preseason and in Chelsea game. See, let, let me just start with when the news broke out. I think it was Fabrizio that made the like the that had the first news on the on Twitter. Every, almost yeah. everyone, everybody were like, "Who? Like, who is he?" <laughs> and the first thing I think, if I could, the first thing I did was to go to Google. Honestly, I just had to go there and search and search for his name. I saw okay, and the first thing I saw was the thirty-year-old. I was like, "What?" Does this make sense? We sold a 29-year-old Fabio because we thought he had a tired legs for only to sign a 30-year-old. <laughs> See, like I was just it was just mixed feelings, honestly. On one hand, I was happy we got a DM. On the other hand, I was thinking, why are we signing a 30-year-old man that is relatively unknown? At least when it comes to the Premier League, it's not a very popular name. It's not the one that has like when you get get it, it's not a very popular name. But yeah. with him. The thing is there is as long as he's ready, once he's ready to play for Liverpool, I really don't have a problem. The only thing we can do as once is to support him. We've had cases whereby we went for Kaisedo. Kaisedo never wanted to play for us. We got Endo. Endo said, okay, I want to play for you. That's just yeah. logical. The normal thing to do is just to support him. Although you can say, okay, it might have been the wrong signing. It's not the let me say it's not the fan like signing. It's not the f- and sign the fans wanted, but when you check his profile, is what he has achieved, the experience, everything is there. Like he has it. He started and when he came on against Bournemouth, I think the performance he had relatively probably a day or two to train. It was not even up to two days. I think it was a day to train with the team. He came on. Imagine and also be reminded that. When he came on, we were actually a man down. Like, that was not the full team. We were a man down, and he came in slotting perfectly. I think he made a few tackles, interceptions. It was very, very good. Like, I think he might, like I said, it might not be the DM all of us wanted as fans. He wanted a very young, vibrant DM. Actually, a very young man that can that, has, that we believe has the legs. But I think with uh, Endo, like you said, a combination of... <laughs> Anderson and Kaisedo, I don't know, probably that was what struck him with Klopp. I think Klopp mentioned it, that it was not an FSG kind of, kind of signing. FSG had this, had this and what's it called, the template to always go for young players, younger players, not players in their, probably in their 30s, that's not FSG uh, plant, but it was Klopp and his, uh, whatever the sporting director, sport director, I don't know his name. So they told them that said, okay, let's go for this man. 
bro, but honestly, I really don't want to believe that's the end of our signing this season. Like, that's the end of our business this season. Because reality, like, we literally went with 115, uh, 830 million pounds, if I'm right, for Kaisedo. We got this man for less than 20 million pounds. We, I, I believe we still have, if it's not, so, it's not media, it's not, it's not a fact, like, probably it's what um, FSG has made up that we have the money. If it's not so, I I honestly think we need to bring in a DM. Because when you think about this thing, an injury to any of those, any of these, McAllister and Jubosly and Endo, an injury to one of any of them, when you check the next, who is probably going coming to replace them, there's this huge gap in quality. Bro, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I don't know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to those or other players. But when you check these three players, these are experienced players that have played at top levels. Like they played in teams whereby they were more like an integral part of the team. If any of them should get injured, the drop in quality is there. Unless you want to keep like you want to lie to ourselves. The drop in quality with this first level and the bench is is too much. So that's why I said I honestly I think we need to bring in another DM. To complement him, we have games this year. We are playing the Europa League. You know how stressful the Europa League can be when we are playing on Thursday night against. Uh, we go to Jerusalem, probably a Jerusalem a remote area. See, not to be disrespectful, but you know how games can be so very hectic. <laughs> but you know, you know how hectic games can be. But honestly, I think that should not be the end of our business. We've been promised a lot. You've been promised a lot that is going to be a repeat. You let go of five midfielders. Why are we signing just three? Why? That's but honestly, I think well done to anyone is for his performance against um, Bournemouth. He did very well. Good game, great game. And definitely, I think he's definitely at the wrong run. See, at the long run, I think it's going to be a fan favorite. Because you can see it in him. He has the dog in him. Okay. Yeah, man, and um, bouncing off of what you said, your reaction to the signing of Endo is very fascinating to me because I feel like that's what happened to most of the fan base. I feel like... Well, everybody. There's no single Liverpool fan that can tell me that they knew Endo was before we signed him. No, not about knowing knowing him, but if Endo was like 25 years old, I feel like he would have gotten a little bit more leeway from the fans. and people. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 definitely. But um, like Lamy said, he doesn't really have the reputation that all of us know him inside out but from what i've heard from people in the bundesliga he's very very well respected and we should all give him a chance like let me say we should all support him and then hopefully yeah he you see he can be like a player that we didn't know we wanted or a player that we needed liverpool have signed a lot of players that were quote-unquote past that prime who helped a lot in how we developed and if you know about the story of steven gerrard you know that Gary McAllister, who we signed when he was like 35 years old, was very key to his development. He taught him how to, you know, control himself, how to be calm during big games, how to be a professional. And this is something that maybe Endo can pass on to, you know, Corsi Jones or Javier Luis or Stefan Bajetti or Konate or all the younger players that we have in our squad and then be that leader that he was in Stuttgart. So um, if you're not excited and you're not, you know, happy about him, I understand he wants another player, but you know, I feel like um, he might not be the player we wanted, but he might be the player we needed and then um, to replace that experience that Milner and Henderson 
did provide for us the key and endo can yeah, be yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so but kelvin though and um, just briefly kind of tell us what you are feeling about him and what you think he can provide for us him as a footballer the game against Bournemouth, he didn't have much to do he made a couple of interceptions yes but he didn't really have much to do we went on any we were dominating the game when he came on i think so there wasn't really much for him to do um that being said after we i found out we were signing endo I went to check his stats and all of that. He's very high. He's high up there. Interceptions, headed, headed um, clearances, tackles, all of that. So it seems like a good get. But the only issue I have is with his age. If he was 25, like we just said, I wouldn't even be bothered to sign on that game. I would probably be looking at it, a different centre-back to fill in because I don't trust Matip anymore. But mm-hmm. it's good enough for now. It's a stopgap signing, in my opinion. I don't... I think we need something else. Maybe someone younger that can be groomed and can learn from Endo while he is here. Because I, I think it's a three-year deal he has. Also. So while he's here, someone younger that can learn from him, play the Europa League games, maybe start Premier League games as well. So that rotation needs to be there. We need to get another signing in. But regards to him as a player, I don't know because I haven't seen enough yet. Maybe our next game against Newcastle, I have a strong feeling he's going to start that game. So we'll know then. That'll be a very good litmus test for him to know what he's capable of. Yeah, man, that's going to be like a big test for him because, you know, Newcastle at St. Andrews Park is not like the easiest stomping ground to go to for your first Premier League start. But um, before we go to yeah, that... Yeah, and their midfield, very, very physical midfield. Yeah, but before we go to that game, um, at the end of the Bournemouth game, all our players, you know, first time at Anfield for a long time, they went to applaud the fans and everything. But a striker, Darwin Nunes, went straight down the tunnel. Maybe he was angry that he didn't get enough game time or frustrated that mm-hmm. he was passing anymore. And um, yeah. what what do you guys think about that? Do you think, I don't personally, I don't think that that's the right attitude to have. Like as a, as a player, it's um, something that rubbed me off the wrong way when it comes to Carvalho even. And that's why he's out of Liverpool today. And then, um, but Darwinona is his mm. favorite. How do you, um, what do you think about his reaction to, you know, the result of the game and him not starting? Me personally, I feel like he shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that. You know, he should have gone to applaud the fans and thank them for supporting oh. us during the win. And also, um, he should wait for his turn wait for his time. We're going to have a lot of games. We're going to be in the Europa League. So he's going to have an opportunity to start and show what he can do. And your attitude yeah. when you're not in your best form will determine what you do when you are when you do get to the place where you want to get to. And that was some poor attitude from him. But um let, let's not go into that side too much. But technically and and how he fits into the team, do you think that we know that fits into this current Liverpool team? Because at the moment, let's not kid ourselves. He is probably the fifth choice attacker in the lineup. Diaz, Gakpo, Salah, Jota, and then, yeah, and him, his last. So, what what do you think about Darwin Nunes? And um, do you think he deserves to start? And, or do you think he, he's not going to be the player that we all wanted him to be? Because I feel like Liverpool fans are um, infatuated of the of the idea of that Darwin could be like our Haaland, like a, just a certified goal getter. And mm. he's giving us that at the moment. So, um, okay. I'll start with you, then Lamy, you can take over. What do you think about Darwin's attitude and his fit into the Liverpool team? Jota has put back to back stinkers up, in my opinion. 
He scored a wonderful tapping. Fair enough. Ah, it was come on, come on, come on. No, 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 no. no. Let's not kid that. ourselves. You that game against that. Chelsea was horrible. That was a horrible performance from Okay, Lucas. he didn't play well against Chelsea. Darwinines Darwin Darwin came on against Chelsea and he immediately showed signs of what a striker is supposed to do. He was a nuisance. I think he had how many minutes on that game. I don't know how many minutes he had for Chelsea, but he had very limited time, but he showed himself in that game. Do you think Darwin is better than Jota? I think Darwin is better than Jota. I'm not going to Come on. No, 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 no. I think he has more to his game. Than Jota is an elite You can't say finisher. that, bro. You can't say Jota that. is an elite finisher. That's all he has to his game. That's all Jota has to his game. Jota is horrible at link or play. There are so he's many better times than, he's better Chelsea. than Darwin in link There's so many times against Chelsea where we were building up from the back and we we're getting momentum and we're moving forward with the ball. The ball gets to Jota's leg. We've lost possession. So many times. Even against Bournemouth as well. Ball gets to Jota's leg. We are losing possession immediately. So it's not even about Jota is a better finisher than Darwin Nunes. Fine. But Darwin is faster. Darwin is stronger. Darwin has a lot more things to his game than Jota does, in my opinion. Even he tracks back far better than Jota. Jota tracks back, yes. But when we're talking of effective tracking back, Darwin does it far better than Jota. So when you see someone that is on the pitch and if he was performing at a high level, his performances were great and your bench because of that, I think you would understand. You'd be like, okay, fair enough. This guy is balling. He's better than me. He's balling right now. No shaking. Or Jota, that is doing rubbish. So I think the two of them should be upset because even if, fair enough, if you want to say Jota is better than Darwin and he should start the games, at least put him on on the 65th minutes. You're putting him on for on the 87th minutes. To do what? So as fair enough, you're a professional and all of that, but... They should treat you with a level of respect. This is signing. We signed this boy for how many million? 70 million or so. He should not be coming on on the 87th minute to, to see out the game. This is not, he's not Milner. He's not Milner. He's a striker we signed for, for 70 million, 70 plus million. So I think the opportunity should be given. He's not given that opportunity. The small chance he had against Chelsea, we saw what he could do. I think Jota should not start against Newcastle if I'm being very honest with you. Uh, uh, he will okay. get bullied. He all will right. get bullied. What, what, if you what see what. What um Cowell and Thiago Silva did to Jota in, against Chelsea, Botman and Shaw will bully Jota. He shouldn't start against Newcastle, in my opinion. I would even prefer Gakpo starting as the nine. Then we put whoever wants. Mikalisa's very kind has been rescinded, so Mikalisa's almost like an endo in the midfield. Gakpo as the nine. I don't want Jota to start against Newcastle. That's my opinion. Name. Um... I think it's your turn. So, um, what do you think about Darwin Nunes and his attitude and his form? Do you think he should start ahead of Jota? Honestly, honestly, for me, Darwin Nunes, I re- just like Chris said, I really don't know why we signed a seventy-plus million pound striker only to put him on the bench. This boy is he's still a very young guy. I don't know. One thing that comes with is people of his age is they really want to play. Because how do they get the experience? How do they like build the confidence when you are not giving them enough play time? Like you said, the only thing Jota is like you can't take it away from him is a very good goal scorer, elite goal scorer. He also has bozo moments, unless we want to kid ourselves. There are games that you feel like a lot of bozo moments, a lot. Jota, yeah, it's exaggerating. No, no, let's be honest. Jota has bozo. He has that bozo gene in him. A lot of those moments. Let's not just lie about it. Uh, but no, not to take uh, the shine away from me. I think against that moment, he did very well. I don't know how he was able to squeeze out a goal and an assist in that game. Because he's a fucking baller. 
Assist. Assist. <laughs> yeah, for that Diaz goal, I think he should probably get the assist. That, that was him. That, that was not an assist. Diaz. That was the deflection. That was the deflected pass See? to Diaz. That was not an assist. I'm sure it was. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Horrible performance but, and he scored one tap in. Congratulations, Jota. Well done. But, well done, Jota. Honestly, for me, I think against Newcastle, just like it was last season, I think it was Nunes that started in that game against Newcastle. Where he got, was it the second leg? The one we won 2 0. Honestly, think depends on the midfield. Honestly, if Endo is starting, then I think I don't see how Nunes starts. I even think Gapo will probably start as the number nine. Yes, see, yes. the way he the way he reacted against that against that bomb that's very like it's just it's human now. It was similar to what Salah did against Chelsea when Salah was also taking off. You could see like he never wanted to come off. If you have a 21, 22-year-old, or probably 22, 23-year-old striker on the bench, you are bringing me on 87 minutes, 88 minutes, to, to, to do what? At least you should actually accord him that respect. Especially when you see the person that is probably benching him. If the person benching him is not a player that is, that is doing too, like, that is that good, that, I'm not taking anything away from Jota. But I don't think Jota is that level is not even level above uh, Nunes for us to say uh, Nunes should be on the bench and you guys should thank be you bro. thank you they called yeah. me a madman thank you thank you Jota should be the guarantee starter see you know, with Jota you just never know you just never know in that bomb there was a simple there was a pass was just supposed to I think it was against Chelsea just lay it off to Diaz he overheats the ball I know ah Jesus but not taking it he's a very good goal scorer Jota is the type of if he sees 10 chances he'll probably convert 7 yeah, like, yeah definitely, convert, definitely. Like, that's the kind of, but overall play I think Nunes is by far a better better and when you check the by game far. again like the fact that we are playing against Newcastle, I think Newcastle, they don't really have that pace in their defence. So I think going with This is Nunes, where he will thrive. This is where he will thrive. That's honestly, the second game against Newcastle. Nunes, we, played, we played them um, at yeah, St. James' Park. Nunes, that was what we used. A long ball from Trent and Nunes just ran yes, in behind. And that stretch, was a goal. Just stretch. Just make that run behind and stretch the defence. I think that's... I honestly think that's what Klopp will do. And with Klopp, you never know which... Team is going to, to be honest. I'm very okay. Nunes no starting. I'm very fine. Nunes no starting, but I need Gakpo to start because his decision making is leaps and bounds ahead of both of them. Definitely, definitely. Gakpo knows what to do. He has better football brains than the two of them. It's very annoying. You're taking him away from where he's supposed to be. You're putting him in the midfield to accommodate. In fact, if you check, if you watch the game against Bournemouth, like. It, there was this kind of you could see feel it from Gakpo that when he was taking off, he never really wanted to come off also. But he like he has not really been able to impact play because you are playing him out of position. Just uh, Gakpo yes. is not a midfielder for Christ's sake. Why are you playing in him in midfield? And the problem is Jota also drips. Ah, Jota, bro. Oh Jota. We have the moment. We have the moment. Let's look over look at this. Wait, wait, wait. This is not about this is about player. No, 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 wait. This player is Keeping a 70 million plus signing on the bench, on the bench, and That's keeping our best possible oh, option for a number nine. He's better than midfield. out of position. Out of position, Jota. He's better, he's better because than he was caught tapping. This is 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 quite similar to what happened with a particular man, a an ex player that is playing. I don't know whatever club in Saudi now. 
where just because you want him to fit into the team, you put and you play other players out of position. Just I remember that there and that Ovo, please don't say that outside. For your own he's not, he's, 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 he's not, not even close. He's not close. He's not on the same level. Playing Gapo out of position because you want to accommodate Jota is, I don't think that's the best decision. Insane. That's and that's one of that's one of Klopp's weakness, I think. I don't know if it's a case of favoritism, but I think if if Endo imagine is Klopp, to... imagine Pep putting Julian Alvarez in midfield and putting KDB as a right back. That does not make any sense. That's what Klopp is doing right now. <laughs> know, you know, Pep is levels above any other manager now. <laughs> That's what, that's what Klopp is doing, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. So for for Nunes, I really think I expect him. See, the time will come, but when if you want him to build that confidence, you have Miss to give Pickles. him the game time, yes. give him that play time. You don't you don't bring him in seventy five minutes this week. Next week it's he doesn't seven play. minutes. It's so, seven minutes. And when you bring him in, in that it's you expect him to put up a performance where by you expect him to affect game. That's not possible for Christ's sake. You see, I hope honestly it gets better for him. Because he's still a very young player, very very young. He has years ahead of him. If he doesn't work, probably the next thing is to move on. But I think that was a club signing. I think it was signed when we had no spot director. That was a typical. It was a club signing. That's what my transfer we do. That was although that was that, that we signed Cavalry. Almost all the players that we signed during that period they are gone. I think we signed Cavalry. We signed uh, Ramsey. I don't even ah Jesus. So we signed those players. So I really expect him, give him this game time. Let him build his confidence. Let him just, let him play. This thing is very, let him play. If, if you've seen a clip of what he can do, he's a very good, very, he can make the runs from, actually those runs from in behind, can make the runs, give him the ball. We get go, okay? Yeah. Um, this is the final segment. So um, Kelvin, I'll start with you. I want you to name your starting lineup against Newcastle and give us your score prediction. Okay. Um Robertson, Van Dyke, Konate, Trent, Allison, obviously. Endo, let's just freestyle that one because why not? Endo as a six. I don't want Mikalisa to play six anymore. So Endo at the six. Mikalisa Soboslai, his partners in midfield. Salah, Luis Diaz has more than earned his spots in that starting eleven. And Gakpo for me. Nunes can come on in the second half when they are tired legs and cause chaos like he usually does. But I don't want Jota to start that game. <laughs> Lame, what about you? Oh, your predictions? Oh, what predictions? Yeah. Yeah, Newcastle, we've been doing them dirty for the past few seasons now, so I expect more of the same 2 0. Yeah. Lame, what about you? Starting lineup and prediction. I think I'll, I'll go with something very similar. Almost, I think I'll go with almost the same lineup. But the only thing where I can, I'm not so sure is who plays that center forward. Is it that for me? It's going to be between. I'll go with either with Nunes or Gakpo. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, when you when you consider that uh, Newcastle backline, they are not really they don't they, they are not players that really have the pace. If you can make play those ball behind the defender, I think Nunes has the speed and also the strength perhaps to get and because if you check it, Gakpo is the one that drops deep. To take the ball forward, yeah. And if that Newcastle midfield, very compact, very compact technical midfield. I think those ball in behind the defense is going to really help a lot, especially now that we have the creativity in midfield. So I think for- I think that starting would be better in my opinion because they can play those triangles with Mikalisa and Sobosla. 
Okay, let me hand Gapo. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, then in second half, when Nunes comes on, tired legs, tired minds, long balls, and inshallah. <laughs> my 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 prediction really will be two one Liverpool, like Liverpool to win two one because if we've not really kept a clean sheet this season, I don't know the way we start the game is very very it's going to be very very important. We are playing away from home. Yeah. Against a very good Newcastle side, so I'll go with a two-one victory for us. It's been a very happy until grand for us, so I'll go with two-one. Okay, that's for me. Salah, Sa- Salah, Salah, and Van Dijk go. Okay, that's <laughs> for me. Which is the correct lineup? I'll go with Allison and go Trent, Konate, Van Dijk, and Robertson. I'll go with Endo, Mikalista, and Sobostai. Salah okay. right, Diaz left, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. top. <laughs> you know the time. The guy that can put the ball in the back of the net for us. That's going to be my starting lineup. And I predict Liverpool winning 3 0. I saw you coming 3 0. And Jota is not going to score in that game. I can bet money now that Jota will not score in that game. Okay, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Never Walk Alone podcast. I hope you had a good time. Thank you, Kelvin. Yeah, and thanks for having us. And then um, uh, you guys tell us what really you think. It's a very interesting session. Yeah, tell us what you think. How do you like Sobos? Like, the best episode so far. Since the inception of this podcast, this is the best episode. Definitely. <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. So, so our fans, tell us what you think. What do you think about our signings in midfield? What do you think about Endo? What do you think about Darwin? What do you think? Who do you think is our best striker? It's obviously Jota, but help me tell Kelvin and Lamy. Clearly, it's Gakpo. <laughs> so, so, um, I think the whole of Twitter will disagree with you, Ovo. Our best striker is clearly Gakpo. But yeah, you guys should let us know. Let us know. Okay, so um, yeah, once again, thank you guys and I'll see you next time. And remember- thank you for listening and staying to the very end. Please don't forget to share, subscribe and listen. And don't forget to rate our podcast on every podcast listening app you use. You never work alone. Thank you.